It's time for the Crunch Time Plays Podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Crunch Time Plays. You can find the show on social media at Plays Crunch, and you can find me on social media at Shotgun726. Got an exciting show for you today. We're going to take a trip down to, to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, and talk Arkansas football and men's and women's basketball and baseball with the lover of, of buzzer beaters and, and overtimes and, and everything that comes with crunch time and sports media. And just so thankful to have Tara Thomas from Patreon Nation on with us today. And Tara, thanks for coming on and hope you're doing well. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, uh, you're welcome. And, and, Exciting times for for Arkansas fans. I know um, baseball's ranked number one this week, and mm-hmm. men's and women's basketball is getting set for for NCAA tournament runs. And Sam Pittman's probably firing up the jukebox somewhere in his office. <laughs> I think the jukebox has been on constantly because I, I mean, every week something exciting is happening. Almost every day, really, at Arkansas right now. It's weird. But I'm I'm not I'm not complaining about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to look ahead to to football with you to kind of project ahead a little bit and and Arkansas three and seven last year in the SEC should be four and six if if you talk to a lot of fans around there with the Auburn game. But you know people look at it and say, well, heck, three wins that's not very good. But people don't realize they're projected to get zero wins last year and just just talk about the job that Sam Pittman did there and what do you expect from the team this year I mean I think it was incredible what Sam Pittman did and yes three wins doesn't exactly sound all that great but when you think about the fact that Arkansas hadn't even won an SEC game in like almost three years it was just wild and so he comes in doesn't have spring practice doesn't have anything really it's a COVID year and he's just learning this entirely new staff, this new group of players, and he wins three SEC games. That's just wild to me. I can only imagine how things are going to turn out in this next year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And when you look at the staff that he brought in and, and Kendall Browse and Barry Odom, two probably the best offensive and defensive coordinators there are. And Just talk about them real quick and what they mean to the program. Well, I think we learned pretty quick what Barry Odom means to that program. Um, He made a huge impact on the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas. And a lot of people wanted to kind of poach him from, from the Razorbacks. And, you know, we heard a lot about Texas and Sarkeesian trying to hire Barry Odom away, but Hunter Yurchek, the Arkansas athletics director actually came out and said like, look, Barry Odom's staying at Arkansas. We're going to make sure about it. (laughs) So he's very important. And Kendall Bryles has done a great job too. He really helped develop a lot of guys on the offensive side as well. And I think he figured out which players, surprisingly to some of us who, you know, players that we thought would have big seasons, there were other guys who were kind of under the radar and just fit really well into Kendall Bryles system. And so he helped develop those guys and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was really fun for me just just to watch them, that whole staff this year, and just kind of projecting ahead. And the the schedule obviously gets a a little bit easier uh, this next year because you're not playing 10 SEC conference games, hopefully. You're playing four non-conference and then obviously the eight conference games. Just What do you think the the ceiling is for Arkansas in 2021 and, and what would be a successful season for them? 
I don't know what I would say the ceiling is because I, I, honestly, there's a, there's some question marks with the, the team right now in terms of guys that left. Like, I, obviously, the big question is who's going to be your quarterback. We really don't know, and that will make a huge impact on this team. But I, I do think that that team is fully capable of having a winning season. It would be the first since I think 2016 for Arkansas. So that's crazy, especially for Sam Pittman and and just his second year at Arkansas, but they are definitely capable of that. So I think that's what fans would see as successful. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. I mean, just, just getting to a bowl game or or going seven and five, something like that would be a really awesome year. Just wanted to talk about the touch on the quarterbacks. Just want to talk about them. And KJ Jefferson's played uh, some snaps. He played the last, last couple of years and then, back up for Felipe Franks last year. Do you do you expect him to be the starter? Or do you think some of those other freshmen that have come in can challenge him for that job? I think some of the freshmen can definitely challenge him. I just don't know exactly what everyone looks like right now. I mean, if you're on paper looking at it, KJ is definitely your starter. But I don't think that any of that is locked down yet. They start spring practices this week, so that'll be a big telltale sign of, of who's kind of where they need to be. You've got Lucas Coley, a freshman, and I've actually had a chance to talk with him. I haven't had a chance to talk with Landon Rogers, who's coming in from Little Rock, Arkansas. But Lucas, is he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's definitely got the leadership quality that you need as a quarterback. So that's that's a good sign Um, because I think Felipe Franks definitely had that quality to him. And so trying to get someone to fill those shoes, he might be a good option. We'll see how it all plays out, though. What do you what do you think the the culture shift in in Arkansas football has has changed? Chad Morris had a few down years, and then Sam Pittman come in, kind of changed the culture a little bit, made it seem like a little bit more positive energy around there. Just what have you kind of seen from that? It's just interesting. Like if you talk to the staff, well, not the staff, the players at Arkansas, it's such a complete turnaround from what we experienced talking with them when they were playing under Chad Morris. And truthfully, we don't know the full story, I don't think. I I think there's still a lot to be said for what exactly went on behind closed doors, but I don't know if we'll ever really get that full story. And I think that Sam Pittman has come in and completely earned the respect of the players, and he has – trust them and they trust him it's a good relationship that he's built with them and so that is what reflects on the field that's why they're doing so well these guys are not only playing for themselves and for their future but they're playing for Sam Pittman as well and that's a huge huge turnaround and I think the fans obviously love it Sam Pittman's great I mean if you follow him on social media he's so fun everyone's saying yes sir all around (laughs) so it's it's a good time on the hill right now what is um what is his coaching style kind of like? I know he comes from a from an offensive line kind of background. He was the offensive line coach for Kirby Smart at Georgia for the last few years before he came to came to Fayetteville. Is he does he work more uh, with the offense offensive line, or does he is he just kind of a, a CEO type, which you hear a lot about now? You know, I think he's probably when he first got hired, we were all like, okay, he's going to be with that offensive line pretty much on a daily basis. But when we would go to practices, the couple of practices we were allowed to go to, um, he was, yeah, the CEO type. He was, he was going around to everyone and, and controlling everything. There were times when he would work specifically with the offensive line, but I think, 
you know what? That's his specialty. Why not? So um, he he definitely has that tendency sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of talk's been made about those CEO type coaches. I know I know Dabo's labeled as that, and a lot of different those guys. Just what do you, where do you kind of see the the shift in that moving, and and do you expect more? CEO types to kind of come in here in the next few years, head coaching jobs. I mean, maybe I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. it. It's just like, I think at the same time, if you've been focusing on something your entire career, there is literally no harm in you helping out one of your other assistant coaches and, and trying to focus on that. Like you have defensive head coaches and, and you're going to expect them to just be completely hands off with the defense. It, it's just hard to really Put, wrap my mind around, but I completely understand as well the importance of also letting your coaches coach, and that's why you hired them. Yeah, I mean, agree with you. And want to ask you about, and then we'll move on to yeah. other sports. But want to ask you about the change and kind of dynamic. You know, when when Brett Bielema was at Arkansas, when Chad Morris was at Arkansas, Chad Morris tried to implement that more offensive mentality and that's what people want to see now they want to see 45 to 41 tight ball games they don't want to see the the 2011 Alabama LSU game when it was nine to six just where where do you see that shift kind of going and and Sam Pittman he's uh, offensive mind just how explosive that offense can be under Kendall Browse I mean I think they can be extremely explosive under Kendall Browse and Sam Pittman I know that with the style of play that Kendall Bryles has, they're fully capable of, of running up a score. It's a matter of if they can, you know, keep getting back on the field <laughs> because I think a defensive issue is, is not that the defense at Arkansas wasn't good, but you're going up against some really talented people in the SEC and it's hard to keep your defense off the field as well. So um, they are they are fully capable of running up the score and I think fans would love to see that. Yeah, I do too. I know a lot of people get excited about staying in the SEC West, what Lane Kiffin's been doing at Ole Miss, but their defense was pretty bad last year. And <laughs> to put yeah. it lightly, and <laughs> just just to seem to seem like now at times in college football, you just, if you have an explosive offense, you just need to have kind of a mediocre type defense. Is that is that kind of the way you're seeing it? Uh, kind of. I mean. I don't know. Everyone always says like, okay, defense wins ball games. And, and to a, a big point, that is true. Um, you talk about the Ole Miss game. Arkansas had, I think it was like six interceptions that game. Hudson Clark had three of them. It was insane. So yes, they do win ball games that way, but you also do need to have a good offense to get you into the end zone. Well, some uh, another team that is capable of running up the score is Arkansas men's basketball team, and they're yeah. <laughs> certainly hot right now. And just kind of projecting ahead for for people that are listening to this episode later to the NCAA tournament, and we've got the SEC tournament coming up this week. But just kind of projecting ahead, is Arkansas capable of that? You see a couple teams from the SEC the last few years have made runs to the Final Four, South Carolina in 2017, Auburn in 2019. Does Arkansas have that potential? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's an interesting season that I feel like I've been watching. It's like they've been able to win so many games, but several of them were so close 
that it was almost like, man, you know, can, can you win this many games when you keep getting into those situations like that? But they kept pulling it off. And to me, at first it was a concern, but now it's something where you start to realize that's important. They can always pull off the win, whether it's overtime on a road game, whether it's just down to the last minute at home, like they can pull it off when it comes down to crunch time. They don't, they don't freak out. They don't panic. They stay cool and collected. And that's a huge sign, especially in tournament play of what that team is capable of. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. And one of the things that kind of gets me is the, the SEC's kind of had a perception as being a not very good basketball league the, the last, you know, 10 years, but over the past five or six, they've really come into their own. I mean, I think the, the top to bottom, the, Coaches in the SEC, I'd put them up against anybody in the country with Eric Musselman and then Nate Oates at Alabama when know what he's doing. And then Coach Cal, Frank Martin at South Carolina, the list just goes on and on. Rick Barnes. This, what, do you, what do you think is necessary for that perception to kind of change? And would it take more one more run by an SEC team to the Final Four like an Arkansas or an yeah. Alabama to – kind of change that narrative of the SEC being a a kind of a weaker basketball conference? I think absolutely having at least one team make a good run in the NCAA tournament would help the case for the SEC. But this year is also special in terms of the fact that you see some of these big name programs like Kentucky or you have Duke, you know, teams that are typically, you know, the basketball teams are, are struggling a bit here and there. And so, I think it's important to have some other teams step up and you have Arkansas who, you know, has a history of being good, but just hasn't very, hasn't really made the run yet. You have a couple of times that they've made it to the NCAA tournament past two, just never really went well. They lost that game to UNC. Uh, That was just an absolute heartbreaker. And then you've got the last time when they played Butler and that was just not fun at all. So they are definitely on the better road to the NCAA tournament this time around. And I think that they could help make the case for the SEC being a better basketball conference. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. And I wanted to ask you about Eric Musselman for a second. I know he's only in his second year. I know he's got a very vibrant personality. He's, he's taking off his shirt in the locker room, different things <laughs> like that, different things like that. But yeah, what do you, what have, what have you seen from him and how big of a deal is it to have him around? Eric Musselman's great. Um, he understands, I think, that being a part of the community, even interacting with the media, is a huge part of your job. He he gets it. And I think he really enjoys it, too. There's a bigger part to being a head coach than just winning on the floor. And he has basically built an even bigger fan base than Arkansas already had. I mean, you should see the lines of students that are just waiting to get into Bud Walton arena. It's, it's really exciting to see how fun he is and how much he cares about the people here in Northwest Arkansas and in Arkansas all over the place, but he's also going to baseball games. He's going to football games. He is always there and he's always thinking of new ways that he can show some support for other teams on campus. Yeah. And just what, what does that mean for, you mentioned his community outreach and different things like that. What does, what does it mean for the, for the community, for him to, you know, be at a football game or a women's basketball game or baseball game in a, 
in a town, it's a SEC town, but it's not a a town with as much tradition as a lot of SEC schools from an outside viewer's perspective. Yeah. What does that mean for him? What does that mean for the community to have him impact the city of Arkansas, the city of Fayetteville as much as he has? I mean, I think people love it. It's, it's fun for them to go, you know, just to a random Wednesday or Thursday ball game or women's basketball game or tennis or something and to see Eric Musselman there he's also just helped put the Razorbacks on the map a little more and that is huge because Arkansas only has the Razorbacks there is no professional team there is nothing else so for him to be so successful and be so personable with everyone is is really great yeah I mean I'm Kind of, we're kind of in the same situation here in in South Carolina, where we have you know South Carolina Clemson. There's not it's a collegiate state. It's it's not a pro state, and you're either a, a South Carolina fan or a Clemson fan, and right. and it's just kind of those same situations for Arkansas, and a lot of the a lot of those kind of states kind of get overlooked sometimes because most people only care about or a lot of people only care about professional sports. They don't really look at college sports, but what what does raising the level of Arkansas programs do for the state as a whole? I mean, a a lot, really. If you're talking about like businesses and stuff, there are a lot of places here, especially during this past year that have been struggling and bringing more people to Northwest Arkansas is huge, especially in terms of, you know, I know we can't have full stadiums or anything, but you're at least bringing more attention to it. And so people want to be a part of it. You know, they might go out a little more, they they might go to different restaurants so that they can watch the game, stuff like that. It's made a big impact on, on this community. Well, hopefully we'll be able to, to get a a full stadium this fall and people uh, get vaccinated and, and different things like that. And hopefully we'll be able to have 80,000 strong in in a lot of places. I know a lot of States won't still won't be able to have that, but hopefully you know, especially here in the southeast, we'll get get a lot more full stadiums going forward. And then wanted to switch to the women's basketball side for a second. They're getting ready for their NCAA tournament run. And Chelsea Dungey's obviously a great player. And what have yeah. you seen from her? And and how far do you think Arkansas can go in the women's tournament? Well, we'll start with Chelsea Dungey. I mean, she is incredible. Probably one of the best athletes on campus bar none, like top five for sure. And that's just in general, not in women's sports in general. She's incredible. And also she's one of those players that came in a little blind to the situation. She was a transfer. And so she kind of took a chance on Mike neighbors and the Razorbacks. And she has helped build that program into what it is right now. And obviously you have other great players on that team. We have Destiny Slocum, you know, Amber Ramirez, and they have done so well together. Obviously, the SEC tournament didn't go as planned for them, but that's okay because they didn't need to win a game there like they typically have in order to make it to the NCAA tournament. I think they are definitely, they have the ability to make a good run in the NCAA tournament, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it really is. I know. Um, wanted to ask you what it means to have 
and the men's tournament too. Really should ask you about that as well. But just kind of from a broader perspective, going back to the men's tournament and also including the the women's tournament. Yeah. What what changes do you think um, are made having them all at one side? I know for the women's tournament, Arkansas probably would have been able to get the first and second round games at home. I know Charlie Cream has them as a four seed right now. They they would be able to host the first and second round at home. What kind of advantage does that take away from having the whole tournament in San Antonio? And then for the men's side, for the men's side, what does it mean for them to have to go up to Indianapolis and play? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Cause truthfully, I feel like at least on my part, there's still a lot of questions about how that's all going to work. But in terms of home court advantage, Talking to a lot of coaches, they'll typically tell you that this year that's kind of been thrown out the door because, I mean, if you listen to a lot of games on TV, you can hear a pin drop in some of those arenas where it's so quiet and uncomfortable. <laughs> but then you listen to Bud Walton Arena, you listen to games that are played at Arkansas, and it's completely different. I know that it's not full, but they get all the fans that are supposed to be in there in there. A lot of it has sold out this year. And so it's I I think it's a huge disadvantage for Arkansas to not be able to play there. Yeah, I mean I think so too. I mean, just just watching the, the men's and women's games this year, Bud Ball and Arenas. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's only about three thousand people in there, but right. but man, it sounds are, like it's full. Yeah, sure. like they are getting <laughs> loud and then especially when you add in a little bit of that piped in uh, crowd noise as well just just takes it up to a whole nother level. Well, Arkansas still has some of their band in there as well, and so it it sounds it, it really helps them. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. Talking to Tara Thomas from Patreon Nation. All right, I want to switch over to baseball now, and and Arkansas's ranked number one in the polls have been for a couple weeks, and are there. We got six polls, six major polls in college baseball. Yeah. Is is that too many? There's yes. there's a lot of, there's a lot of polls in college baseball. Yes, there are too many. I don't know why there are so many polls because it makes it really difficult to like which one do you want to go with? Which one? But um, Arkansas ranked number one, so I'm not going to argue with them. You know, uh, it, it's great. I, I do think that they should probably you know narrow it down to like maybe three three <laughs> polls, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so too. I mean. D1 baseball and baseball America are the two that I, yeah. that I that I mainly look at and mostly mostly D1 baseball and both of them have Arkansas yeah. ranked number 1 right now and if you if you haven't checked on the D1 baseball app they have a great app and if you're a baseball fan you need to go check that out because and it's only like $7 a month and it's probably the best baseball coverage there is as far as nationally yeah. uh, around and um that's what we go with. We I always go by D1 baseball and, yeah. and, and their rankings. Cool. All right. Well, they've coined the they've coined the uh the phrase hashtag the Omahaogs kind of in the last yeah. the last <laughs> the last few years. And what is it gonna take for, for Arkansas to to make it to Omaha? We've got a tough SEC slate uh, yeah. this year. There's a, so many great teams in the SEC. And what's what's it gonna take for Arkansas to get there and to establish their goals. I know they they want to host a regional. They want to host yeah. a super. They want to host a super regional, and pr- pretty much is going to take 
almost series wins in probably every SEC series, right? I mean, yeah, uh, essentially. And I think the big thing for Arkansas right now, we've seen so far that they've got a good lineup. They they can hit home runs. They can hit doubles. They, they, they've gotten really no issue there. The issue is on the mound. They have a ton of talent in pitchers, but they can't seem to figure out who your starters are. And I think they've tried, it's like, it's been almost an entirely new starting rotation every weekend so far. And I think the only guy that you know for sure is probably one of your starters is Peyton Paulette. And I mean, he's a young guy too. So you've got guys who started for you in Omaha the past couple of years and, and they're not in your starting rotation. So there's a lot to be figured out there, which I'm sure they've got plenty of time to do that as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Diamond Hawks kind of turn out over the next couple of weeks. Seems like there's a lot more parity in college baseball now. I mean, the game of baseball, anybody can beat pretty much anybody on every different, any yeah. given day. But how it seems like the last five or six years or so, there's been a lot more parity and, and Coastal Carolina won the national championship in 2016. And where do you kind of see that being as far as the parity of in college baseball? I mean, baseball is just one of those sports, like you can just have a bad day. It, it's, it's crazy how quick a game can turn as well. I, perfect example. I hate to bring it up. I know Arkansas fans are going to just like cry about this because we do all the time. It was brutal when Arkansas was in the college world series finals against Oregon state and the ball dropped. It was a final out of the game. They would have won and the ball dropped. And then all of a sudden it just shifted. Oregon state ended up winning the next game. They won that game that night and they won the title. That's baseball. In my opinion, Um, any team is fully capable of of winning at any time, truthfully. On paper, you can say that, well, they probably shouldn't win this game. It's probably going to, you know, we'll see what happens. But Arkansas is stacked with talent. So, yes, on paper, they should win a lot of games this year. We'll just kind of have to wait and see how it turns out, though. Yeah, I mean, baseball, especially when you get into the postseason, I mean, you can look at you can look at the the paper all you want to, and you just kind of have to throw that out the window. (laughs) Just kind of have to throw that out the window. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it so fun though. Hey, yeah. I mean, <laughs> college baseball my definitely my favorite uh time of yeah. year, especially when we get around to Omaha. Mm-hmm. A lot of favorite time of years coming up. Then you got March Madness coming up, spring football. Okay. And then with Omaha. the way that you know, COVID kind of shifted things, we literally have everything going on right now. We've yeah. got baseball, track, football. Uh, basketball, all of it's going on right now. And it, it's busy, but exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you, are you going to stick with the, with the Devontae Davis image or was that, was that only for uh, that week? That was just so fun. I mean, he's, he's hysterical by the way. I mean, he's just a, a fun player to interact with. Um, he's usually dancing or something during some of their warmups. And I just saw that photo and I thought it was great because Justin Smith dunked and all you see in the background is Devo Davis and his jaw is just like on the floor. And so there's so much exciting stuff going on in Fayetteville right now that it's just like, you know what, 
why don't I just post this, this Devo Davis picture every time something exciting happens? And then a week later, I've used it like 15 times. It's, I'm, I'm going to retire the photo from now on. Maybe might bring it back eventually when the time is right. But for now, <laughs> I'm going to give people a break. <laughs> you, cert- you certainly had a lot of exciting things to be able to, to be able to post it out about them. And, yeah. and if you don't, if you don't know what we're talking about, you follow Tara on Twitter and it, it's right, it's right on the page. And she, it's all over my page. It's, it's all, it. it's all over the page. <laughs> and the good news for you, if you don't know where Tara is on Twitter, she's about to tell you. So yeah, Tara, it, it's just my name at Tara Talmadge. And not that my name is extremely easy, easy to spell, but it's T-E-R-A and then Talmadge, T-A-L-M-A-D-G-E. So um, Twitter's my favorite. I love Twitter. Hey, there's it's not, such it's, a fun thing to interact with everyone. It's a, a blessing and a curse sometimes, but but we, we, but we yes. do but we do love it. And uh, follow Tara. She's an outstanding follow. And t- just can't thank you enough for coming on today, Tara. And what you got coming up, uh, Patreon Nation? Ooh, I mean, we're getting ready for the men's SEC basketball tournament, the NCAA tournaments, and of course, still covering baseball. That's you know one of the most exciting times of the year here in Fayetteville. So, a lot going on, and I'm gonna put it all online for you guys. And there's no doubt about that. And if you're an Arkansas fan, that's that's the place to go. And and Tara's great. That whole crew over there is great. And you you've seen Tara on ESPN as well. She does great work there. Thank and you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, if you're if you're an Arkansas fan, that's the place to go. If you're an out if you're an outside viewer and you want to know about Arkansas, follow Pig Trail Nation. They'll tell you all about it. <laughs> all right, Tara, stay safe and well, and looking forward to getting you back on here soon. That's great. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's Tara Talmadge from Pig Trail Nation. Make sure to give her a follow on Twitter at ter- at Tara Talmadge, and make sure to follow Pig Trail Nation for. Everything in Arkansas, they do a great job over there. That whole staff of folks does an outstanding job. Thank you so much for checking out Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure to follow the show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like. Make sure to follow the show on social media at Plays Crunch and follow me on social media at Shotgun726. And also subscribe to the new Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. We've got everything for you. We've got sports media personalities, coaches and players. we got football, basketball, baseball, golf, and NASCAR. And we're just getting started right here on Crunch Time Plays. We're rapidly growing, so keep spreading the word. That's the fastest way for us to grow. Have a record number of downloads right now, so we'd love for you to be a part of it. We're just so happy to have you on board. And we'll talk to you again next time right here on Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.